as I prepared for this weekend and just talking to the Lord about where do you begin when you're with a new church body and you're hoping to start well, where do we begin? And I just felt like it was really important to begin my journey with you in a place that you'll frequently hear me go. You're going to hear language today that I frequently use, a, a framework, a visual, a concept that really defines how I view this church thing that we do together. And so I, I felt like it was important to share with you through God's word how I tend to orient myself in ministry and how I will most likely lead us to do life together as the people of God who gather at BCC. I wonder, am I really in enough yet to call you BCC? Right? And I think I'm there. So we'll touch on a number of scriptures today, but we're going to allow a particular passage to kind of orient our conversation. So I know you've been sitting and standing a lot, but I'm going to ask you to stand one more time in honor of the reading of God's word. And you can follow along on the screen. This is from 1 Peter 2, verses 9 through 10 in the New International Version. Man, I should be able to read it off of this screen if I can't see it on that one. But hear the word of our Lord, church. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Can I get an amen? Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. The word of our Lord. You can be seated. So I chose this passage to orient our conversation today because Peter is really careful in his letter here to emphasize corporate identity. He's really careful to identify the together nature of the church and the unity of believers. And this is important because Peter was speaking into a time when Jews and Gentiles struggled to make space for one another. And so this language that Peter uses that really is about the togetherness of the people of God is really, really significant. He's laying out a different way for the church, for the people of God. So I want to recall us back to that text a little bit. Notice the together language in this text. Peter said you're a chosen people, not a chosen person but a people. You're a priesthood. You're a nation. Peter said, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. And so really, it's, it's important for us to call out right off the bat that none of that language used by Peter makes space for us to form a Christian faith that is individual. But it insists that this faith we belong to is a together faith. Perhaps I can say it this way. 
Together, we are the people of God. There really is no scenario that I can find in Scripture in which I am just an individual out here doing the God thing. In fact, it's consistent language throughout Scripture that tells me that that individual concept is not at all how God's design works. He has called us to be a together people. And so today I'm going to talk about three things when I think about this journey that we're on together, following the way of Jesus together, that I think are really important and they're really simple. So if you're ready to keep going, give me a big, I'm ready. Oh, I believe you. We're ready, Lord. So the first thing, in God's design as a together people, number one, the most important thing, we are followers of the way of Jesus. This is essential and core to who we are as people on a journey together. We are followers of the way of Jesus. And when we return from General Assembly, that's where I plan to go with us, is a series talking about what does it look like to follow the way of Jesus. But we'll do a brief intro this week. You know, Jesus was really direct. In Matthew chapter 10, verses 38 and 39, he says this, If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life, you will find it. Jesus really seems to indicate here that following him is the best way to do life. Anybody want to testify to that? Amen. He says, in fact, you will find your life if you will follow my way, which I find, if I can be honest with you, quite interesting, right? Because he says, take up your cross. What did the cross lead to? Death. Yikes, right? But somehow, taking up your cross and following Jesus to a life of death leads to life. And so, yes, there's this part about following the way of Jesus that means we're going to experience some suffering, some hard things. But taking up our cross to follow Jesus is more than just this image of suffering that the cross tends to make us think of. Think about the cross with me for a moment. We celebrated Easter not long ago. The cross ultimately is an emblem of love, right? It's the most perfect image of perfect, extravagant love. And so, church, this is really important. When we take up our cross and follow Jesus, we are really owning the weight of extravagant love. When we take up our cross and follow Jesus, we are really owning the weight of extravagant love. Sometimes it's heavy and difficult to love deeply, to love well. But yet the way of Jesus is a way of love. <coughs> that was terrible for you guys. Thank you, honey. Just give it up. 
Mark, you know. Thank you, thank you. Woo! So, this way of extravagant love. Jesus, again, makes another direct straight statement that really eliminates any doubt of what Jesus intended for us, the people of God, following the way of Jesus, what he intended for us to be known by. He said in John 13, 35, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my, what? Disciples. He said your love, not the things that you post on social media that you're mad about. <laughs> not your bumper sticker. The way you love is how people will know that you are mine. And so as people on this journey following the way of Jesus together, we are a people that own the weight of extravagant love. You know, scholars call this concept of taking up your cross kind of life the cruciform life or cross-shaped life. I love this language because that's really what it is boiled down to. As followers of the way of Jesus, we live cross-shaped lives. What is the shape of the cross? Love. And yes, it's a lot messier than that, and it gets complicated, and it's not easy. But when we boil it down, love is what God has called us to. And so I think it's really important that we apply that to things like how we love when we disagree. Amen? How we continue to journey with those that see things differently than us. So really, church, perhaps it's true that we really should be known more for what we love than what we hate. Amen? We are a people defined by love. So as people, as the people of God, we are followers of the way of Jesus, this cross-shaped life, a life of extravagant love. Number two, in God's design, as a together people, as followers of the way of Jesus, we are on this journey. We are on this journey. Amen. Woo! We are on this journey together. And this togetherness is vital. And part of the reason it's vital for us to discuss in the church today is because it's become so opposite of Western culture. Think about it. Man, I'm telling you, when you live by the ocean, it helps with these things. My allergies, all the things, weird. <coughs> but in our culture, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, right? Get her done. Don't ask for help. Independence, independence, independence. And somehow that concept in Western culture begins to seep into the way we follow Jesus. And my friends, this doesn't work. While perhaps it's really effective for the general public to be independent, it's a real problem for followers of the way of Jesus. Because you see, the people of God have always been a together people. This is not just something Jesus started talking about. 
Let's trace it in the Old Testament, if you'll go with me briefly. It all starts in Genesis chapter 12 with a man named Abraham to whom God calls and says that through him, God will form a family that is transformed. And this family will be blessed to be a blessing. And spoiler alert, Jesus, God's ultimate gift, can be traced all the way back to that very moment. Family, a together people, was God's chosen mode of impact on the world. A community of people deeply woven together. Let's continue on and follow the story of the Old Testament. So through generations, this family, they're marked by cycles of sin and God's faithful love. Sin, God rescues them. Sin, God rescues them, right? If you've read the Old Testament, you know what I'm talking about. So they're on this cycle and God continues out of his faithful love to rescue his people over and over and over. And now this massive family finds themselves enslaved in Egypt in Exodus 1. If we fast forward a bit, we really see this narrative of togetherness and shared journey come to life in the Exodus story. God miraculously frees his people from 400 years of slavery. Using the ten plagues and the people of God begin this epic journey to the promised land led by Moses. You see, the Exodus narrative is really a beautiful picture of the church. It's simply this, the people of God on a journey together, doing their best to live God's best for their lives, sticking with one another through the ups and downs of life. Is that not God's church, my friends? The people of God on a journey together, doing their best to live God's best for their lives. You see, the, the more, majority of the Old Testament is these, the story of the together people on a journey. And then the prophets, God sent them to try and keep them on the journey together. Amen? <coughs> the people of God have always been a together people. Jesus himself followed this pattern in his own ministry. Even the second person of the Trinity, Jesus the Son, was not a lone ranger. He was always doing ministry in community. The depths of this together way is so deep that Jesus even guaranteed his presence. Go with me to Matthew 10, verse 20. This may be familiar to you. But Jesus said, For when two or three gather together as my followers... I am there among them. Amen? Do you receive that today? Where two or three are gathered as my followers, I am there. And so Jesus guarantees that when we are a together people, hear that, when we are a people on a journey together, his presence is guaranteed to us. Amen? So in God's design, following the way of Jesus, we are a people on a journey together. 
The third thing, in God's design, as a together people, as followers of the way of Jesus, and perhaps this is the most important, we invite others to join us on this journey. We invite others to join us on this journey. You know, this is one of the many things we can learn from following the way of King Jesus. He models this life of invitation throughout his time on, on earth. There are many examples, but let's look at one. This is found in Luke 5, verses 22 through 32, 27 through 32. And I feel like I'm getting old. I, I might have to read it this way. I'm not sure. I'll try it again. Later, as Jesus left the town, nope, he saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Later, Levi held a banquet in his home with Jesus as the guest of honor. Many of Levi's fellow tax collectors and other guests ate with them. But the Pharisees and their teachers of religious law complained bitterly to Jesus' disciples. Never, right? Never. Why do you eat and drink with such scum? Jesus answered them, Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. The word of our Lord. So what I want us to note from that story is that as Jesus was on his journey, living this intentional life everywhere he went as ordained by God the Father, he invited others to go along with him. <clears throat> Friends, per, perhaps our best evangelization strategy in today's time is to lay aside our tools, our programs, and just simply invite people into our lives. With Jesus, people were welcomed to journey with him before they figured it all out. The journey was all about discovery, which I think if we all reflect, we can testify to that in our own lives. As we have journeyed with Jesus, it has been a beautiful journey of discovery through the highs and lows. So today, I don't know about you, but I think we can release this pressure of getting it all right, saying all the right theological things, and we rest in the grace that as we follow King Jesus and we invite others to live life alongside us, they will inevitably encounter King Jesus along the way. It's because Jesus lived that way that each of us have found our way into this journey together. Someone in our lives at some point said, come on this journey with me. And that's what we do today. So as a church, we have this beautiful opportunity to humbly say to our community, come with us 
as we follow King Jesus. Come with us. We don't have it all figured out. We're just living day to day, giving our all to Jesus. Would you join us? We follow Jesus in the way in which he lived a life of invitation before the people. So as I begin to wrap this up, I'm going to invite the worship team to go ahead and come back on stage and prepare to lead us into a time of reflection. You'll learn this about me, but I always feel compelled to leave space for reflection. I just feel like any time God's word is presented, I can't just walk away. I need to think. I need to ponder. I need to leave space for the spirit of God to move in me. So church, I want you to know that when I think about the privilege and honor of leading Bentonville Community Church, I just envision myself as a follower of Jesus saying, can we journey together? And so today, may we be reminded that we are followers of the way of Jesus. At the end of the day, all that matters is that we are aiming our lives at the pattern in which Christ laid before us. We are on this journey together. Whether we like it or not, if BCC is your home, we belong to one another. Amen? And we get the privilege and the support and the encouragement and the love and the joy of never being alone. We are on a journey together. And then we get to invite others to join this journey. And so perhaps the best place to start reflecting is where are you on this journey? Have you said yes to the journey? Journeying with the people of God following the way of Jesus. If I might sidestep for just a moment, I think one of the greatest lies of the enemy is to make us think that we do not need the church to follow the way of Jesus. There is so much evidence in God's word that his design requires community. What a gift. Because I think we got a pretty good one, amen? Amen. So have you said yes to the journey? Are you standing on the sidelines of the church just kind of watching a community of faith journey together? Have you said yes in the past to this journey of togetherness, but you're tempted to bail because doubt is heavy. Community life is hard at times. Maybe today is the day that you say, I'm, I'm getting back in the journey. As we go into a time of reflection, I'm going to invite you to stand with me today. And I think the most important thing that I will say before you today is this. I stand before you humbly and ask will you journey with me can I join your journeys
Can we get on this journey together? Will you follow King Jesus with me? Almighty God, here we are. The people of God gathered together at Benville Community Church and we say, oh God, you are our God and we are your people. And together, we will follow the way of Jesus. This cross-shaped life, this life of extravagant love, and yes, God, it's messy and confusing and there's nuance and it's hard. God, but we know that the way that you lead always boils down to extravagant, life-giving love. So God, here we are before you, and we say we're in. We will journey together, following the way of Jesus, giving ourselves to you day in and day out, and submitting ourselves to life together and all the beauty that that brings. So God, as we have a few moments before you to just seek your face, we invite you to come, speak to each heart, show us what it looks like to be invested in this journey together as we as the people of God follow Jesus together. We love you, Lord. It's in the mighty name of Jesus I pray. Amen.